Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Alcourie. Good evening, everyone. I am Seema Barker. So we all are worrying about how the COVID-19 virus is going to affect us in different ways. And I think one of the biggest concerns is people who are pregnant, women who are pregnant, and how it's going to impact on them. So we're really going to dig into that subject this evening. We're speaking to Becca, who's a wonderful member of the uh, Parents Show team, but also 25 weeks pregnant with her fourth child. So we're going to talk to her about how that's impacting on her. We also will speak to a wonderful midwife and antenatal teacher locally based, Louise from Louise Antenatal about how her industry has changed and how she's adapting to these tricky times. And touching on that subject as well, Julia Flynn, who's a doula with St. Albans Doulas, um, is part of Your Virtual Village, which is providing support to local pregnant women. We're speaking to them all in the course of the show this evening. And later in the show, we'll be speaking to Charlie Lumsden from Finishing Touch Sports, um, who provide um, sports classes locally and has also uh, created a resource pack um, to use in our current times uh, of coronavirus. So on the parents show this week, we're speaking about a very, you know, wonderful, exciting time of anybody's life, which is pregnancy. It's, you know, great joy, great happiness, great excitement. But again, in the shadow of Corona, how are pregnant women coping with this situation? And how is it affecting um, midwives and doulas? And that's um, what we're going to deal with on the show this evening. So really delighted to have a member of the parent show team who's also a mom of three and 25 weeks pregnant, Becca um, Rowe. Becca, thanks for joining us on the parents show. Hi, no, nice to be here. And just after we speak to Becca, we're really pleased to have a, a, you know, a guest who we've had a few times on the parent show and love to have back all the time, uh, Louise, who's a midwife and antenatal teacher. And we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes about how much the industry has changed and how they're adapting to the whole corona situation. So, so back to you, Becca. Becca, 25 weeks pregnant yeah. in, in the current coronavirus. How are you doing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm um, I'm sort of, I, I think I, it's probably easier still to be pregnant than to be giving birth around now. Um, but then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some people might disagree. But yeah, and I think definitely easier that it isn't my first. I think it must be very daunting if this is your first experience. Um, yeah. Because it's yeah, it's also unknown anyway, and and with this on top. Can I ask Becca? Um, so uh, it feels like we've all been in quarantine, lockdown for about the last three years, but I think it's only been three weeks. But how yeah. has that affected your pregnancy so far? How has it changed things? Uh, the cu- kind of quarantine, lockdown that we're in. Well, they they gave this advice. They they said that pregnant. They sort of put it was a bit of a shock, really. I think it was the week before lockdown, so the thirteenth. Um, or maybe the week before that, they they put pregnant women in this vulnerable category and said, you know, you need to really exercise social distancing. And it was sort of really quite unknown. And the kids were still at school then. So I was sort of doing the school run, but trying to be a bit further away from people, but then aware that my children were still at school anyway. So um, it, that was a bit surreal. And then since we properly locked down, I've gone for walks with my kids, but um, I haven't gone to any shops or anything like that. I've just sort of tried to 
tried to avoid things avoid things like that um so yeah so that that's sort of been my way of doing it and I've we've I've been doing um online yoga and I think from from talking to people other pregnant people that seems to be what most people are doing they're still going out for their exercise but keeping their distance but most people if they can are avoiding any form of any form of shopping or anything like that where you are in closer contact with people that you don't know so is this a is this a this is a a particular online yoga antenatal class or something that was it something you were doing before or is it something that you just decided to kind of do do now that you are in isolation no I was um it's through the yoga hall um they've moved all their classes online to zoom and I was literally about to start it anyway and you know in the real world (laughs) and uh and I thought, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll give it a go and see what it's like, thinking I've never done sort of anything like this before. But actually, it's really nice. It's been really, really good. Um, and I think a lot of the ladies on the on there have said the same. It's still you still sort of you still get the real benefits of it and you still get to chat with people afterwards. And um, so, yeah, so I've, I've been doing that. I suppose that's a very important um, part of being pregnant, isn't it? Is sharing that experience with other people. Yeah. Um, and something that you're getting then from from yoga um is there anything else that's gone online that you might otherwise be accessing you know um outside of this isolation yeah if you're pregnant nct's gone online um i was i was debating um whether to do nct again because obviously it's my fourth i definitely would um with my first but i thought well oh, maybe i'll just meet people through doing classes but then i thought well actually i'm not going to see people as much now so i am going to do an nct online course um and they actually rang me today to say that they um to check everything was all right and they were still going that you know it was going really well despite that they all being online now that actually the feedback was really good so yes, I'm going to start that in May. So that that'll be very different last time I did it, but um but yeah, I think I think it should still be good. And Becca, how are other pregnant moms reacting? You know, when you're talking to them, what's the vibe? Are people nervous? I mean, the great thing about being pregnant is you're you're so protected, yeah. aren't you? I I think people I think people that have been due to give birth around now and in the coming weeks are nervous there's you know there's been an awful lot of restrictions on visitors to hospitals understandably and at the moment you can still have a birthing partner but as soon as you give birth unless you're in a midwife-led unit where you've got your own room that the the birthing partner has to leave and then you're on your own so I think that's been causing anxiety for people and there's this worry that will they stop birthing partners um completely now there's nothing that's been said to say that they will but I think that's a worry for people there's no home births at the moment through Watford um so yeah there's been some talk of that but I think yeah the, and I think it's just the uncertainty it's like you know I'm due in July and it's sort of that unknown of not knowing what it will be like then will we will will you be able to sort of show your baby to your family or not and things like that I think it's I think it's the uncertainty really which is the same for everybody pregnant or not but I think it's just when it's such a special event as having a baby it just sort of makes you even more sort of like you know upset about the uncertainty because you just don't know what it's going to be like absolutely I could imagine it being nerve-wracking and as you rightly said I mean when you get to having baby number four you're probably a little bit more relaxed than but if it was baby number one it must it must be really daunting and actually I think this is a great point to bring in our our second guest um, on the show this evening and that's Louise who's a midwife and an antenatal teacher Louise how is your world (laughs) 
coping with this, with Corona and the, the changes that it's it's presenting? Well, hello to everybody, and it's lovely to be here. Yes, there, it is It is very strange times for everybody. <clears throat> it's very strange times for everybody in the hospital as well. Um, currently, I'm shielding, so I'm not there with my colleagues at the minute. So that's quite difficult from my perspective, just not to be there to support them. But certainly, I'm, I'm in touch with them, and I know what's going on. So it, it is very strange times. I think the hospitals in general are feeling quite empty and people aren't going in unless they absolutely have to. So I think that feels a bit surreal and a bit strange for people as well. Um, Luke, can you tell us um, what so what do you normally do? And then perhaps what we can do is is is, uh, is see from there how things have changed if, if we weren't in this current isolation period. From the point of my business, so I run antenatal classes. I also offer antenatal appointments and postnatal services. So the antenatal appointments and postnatal services, all my services actually are usually operated from the person's home. So I go to the couple's home at a time and date that suits them so they can have unhurried time and unrushed time with me. And I would do their full antenatal check and listen to the baby's heartbeat. And in the postnatal check, we would sit and have a look at baby, check breastfeeding, all those kind of lovely things. So that's what I would have done in normal times. But of course, at the minute, I can't do that because I'm shielding. So I've had to suspend that part of my um, of my business. But the rest of it, so my antenatal classes and my birth plan chats, and hopefully from next week, I'll also be teaching hypnobirthing. And so that's all gone online. So I am offering those now on Zoom and have been quite busy for the last couple of weeks doing classes, actually. So yeah, it's it's different, but I'm getting there and I'm certainly getting to be an expert in Zoom at the minute. I was just about to say, before this incident, did you even know what Zoom was before the virus started? <laughs> I mean, could you have imagined yourself three months ago doing your, giving your support through Zoom? I've had some meetings in the past, business meetings with colleagues in Zoom as one-to-one. So I did know of it and I knew roughly what to do with it. And I had sort of started um, thinking about offering the service online because then I thought I can, obviously I will travel quite a distance to people's houses. So I cover sort of Hearts, Beds, Bucks, London, but I've gone to Essex, I've gone to South London before. But I thought for people that are beyond that, if I did offer it online, then you know, I could reach people much further afield. So it's something I had been thinking about, but hadn't really got round to implementing at the minute, um, you know, before all of this happened. You're ahead of the curve, Lou. I'm very impressed. I was trying to be. I hadn't quite had it all set up again. It's one of those things you have a great idea one day and then you leave it and then you don't think about it again. And then something like this happens and you're like, oh, yes, that was a really good idea. I should have gone with it back then. But it's certainly something that I will continue after this is all hopefully long past. I predict I predict Zoom will be one of the contenders for word of the year for this year. Now, so obviously that uh, interaction, you're able to do some of that interaction that you would do with people over Zoom, which is great. And as you said, you've got more and more things online. What about, do you know, uh, you're in touch with the industry, you know, with your colleagues through the industry itself, how are midwives able to still go out and, and see, you know, do the checks that they would normally do? Well, that is certainly what the, the hope is at the minute. So the three colleges, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the Royal College of Midwives and the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health got together and they wrote a document for pregnant women at this time. And so I've been doing lives on my Facebook page when the new updates have come out because it's a live document and it changes all the time as new advice and new evidence comes out. So I think it was last week they brought out a guideline for how often we should see women antenatally and postnatally. 
And the plan is to try and at least do three postnatal visits so that they do go out to see women after they've had their babies, but certainly to keep in contact on the phone. But it'll all come down probably on a daily basis to what staff are in and how the staff are. Obviously, if they're staff off sick or isolating, that has an impact on staffing levels. But the idea is we do try and at least maintain as much antenatal and postnatal care as, as we possibly can going forward. And with regard to the birthing experience itself then, is it possible in these times for women to have as normal a birthing experience that they would otherwise have had? Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously it is completely different times for women. And as Becca rightly said, that you know, there's lots of anxiety out there about partners and, and what's going to happen when it comes to their time of having birth. There's been lots of lovely stories on um, social media of women who have given birth at this time and have obviously taken to social media just, I think, to give reassurance to other mums that actually you can still have a really good birth experience despite everything. I think it is really important that you do carry on and have your antenatal classes as you normally would do so that you do have all that information to hand and, and know all the, the tips and certainly what I'm doing as part of mine is tips for now and looking at how your birth plan might change at the minute and certainly giving some tips to women in the absolute outside chance their partner may not be able to be with them and as and as Becca said that's a worry for everyone that the partner might not be able to be with them and certainly all units are trying to make sure that that is protected at all times so that the partner is being able to be with the woman. But all units are completely different as to what they're doing for visiting time. So some units have gone back to their previous visiting so partners can stay overnight. Other places have limited it. So perhaps a partner, you know, the visiting hours are say 12 to 4 or 8 to 6 or and they've limited it. And other places have completely stopped partners altogether. And I think it probably comes down to how how the hospital was coping in general with coronavirus at the minute and how many patients they have in the general side and, and what's kind of going on with the units to how they do it but certainly for Becca and all other pregnant women out there I mean Becca you know she's 25 weeks and has got 15 weeks to go and you're, you're absolutely right we don't know what's going to happen in the future but hopefully if this is the peak that they keep talking about over the next week or two things then hopefully start to settle down you'll find that everything will start to settle down as well within maternity and as time goes on and the situation evolves I think things will start to relax and get a bit easier and you know it's changing all the time so I think you know for, for women who are sort of mid-pregnancy for now who are going to be delivering hopefully outside of this certainly this first phase in this first 12 weeks it's a long way away and so my advice to them would be just to take each day as it comes and we'll see because things things are changing all the time. And Becca, I'd love to know what you what you think about Lou is saying, and is she addressing concerns that you've? Oh had? yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think she's totally right. There is no point sort of thinking, oh, well, what what will be, what will it be like then? What will it be like? Um, there's no point sort of almost wasting your energy thinking of that. You do just have to take it a day at a time. And yeah, I've been looking at the um, updates from the Royal College of Midwives as well. And yeah, and I think you just have to sort of remain positive that ultimately your your care your your care is still incredibly important to the to the NHS and and I know I know people have been worried about going in if they've sort of felt like a lack of movement like oh should we go in but um from everything I've heard that midwives are still like no if you've got any worries you you come in and you ring us and so yeah I just sort of tried to keep that in my mind really and, and just try and focus on the positives. 
And that's a really, really important point, actually, Becca, um, that is really serious. I mean, I seen on Twitter the other day about consultants talking in general medical terms that there are no patients turning up to A&E and they're wondering where's all the usual cases they normally see because no one's going to hospital and they're worried that people aren't going in because they're worried about going to hospital. And it's exactly the same for maternity care. The reason we have to see you and we have to do face-to-face appointments is because technology is amazing, but we can't do a blood pressure or take your urine over Zoom or over Skype. Um, So we have to physically see women in order to be able to do those really vital checks on them. There are lots of pregnancy diseases and illnesses that we check for that potentially could be a lot more serious than the woman, you know, contracting coronavirus and having a mild case of coronavirus. And so that's what we're worried about, that we're going to see an increase in other illnesses in pregnancy if women don't want to come in or too scared to come in, and particularly with fetal movements. You know, if if your baby is not moving as your baby normally does, or there's an increase or decrease in movements, you must phone maternity triage and you need to be seen. It's so, so important that, and if there's any other symptoms, you know, that you're having that are unusual, you must phone maternity triage and at least just get their advice. Because what we don't want is women being too scared to come in and then there's other consequences of, of not coming in. It's, it's really important that we get to look after you. Louise, that is so valuable, isn't isn't it, for, for everybody to hear. I, I really, um, I think we should amplify that as much as possible because yeah. I I'm sure a lot of women are thinking, I don't want to go near my local hospital because I don't want to pick it up because of the amount of obviously nervousness around it. But you're saying absolutely face to face has has to happen. And of course, it'll, it'll have to be hands on too, won't it? I mean, that there's no way of getting through a pregnancy without a midwife being able to touch and, and examine. Exactly. And so what the, um, the three colleges guidance has been at the minute is perhaps for the booking appointments, the very initial appointment, and maybe the 16 week appointment to be done over the phone where possible and then for the 20 week scan that women get to see women then and then do their blood pressure and urine but every unit will be different so some may maintain that 16 week appointment and see the women face to face if they can and then the idea is that we see women at least six times face to face throughout the pregnancy and they've written down the guidance for that but for women worried about coming to hospital, hospitals are clean places. And I'd imagine at the minute they're probably the cleanest they've ever been in their, their entire lives. There'll be, there will be lots of cleaning going on. The whole purpose of re- restricting um, partners coming to appointments, which I know is horrible, especially for women in their first pregnancy and they're coming for scans. And that's really exciting to get to see the baby and they can't come. And it's so disappointing. But the reason for that is to minimise contacts for other women in the in the waiting area and also for the staff. So we're minimising the contacts for the midwives and the sonographers. And what you'll find is because everything collective has been cancelled in the hospital, they're quite eerie places at the minute. There's nobody around. And there's been lots of women that I've spoken to that have, have had their appointments and they said actually it wasn't as bad as they were envisaging. The staff will be and should be wearing PPE, so they should be wearing masks and gloves. And as I always say to women, to wash their hands before they leave home. If their partners can drive them in, so obviously that minimises any public transport so they're not having to meet anyone else, you know, that's not necessary to meet. When they get to clinic, wash their hands. After the appointment, wash their hands. Have their partner bring them home and obviously wash their hands when they get home. And that's the safest thing they can do. But it, it is really important. And it's about weighing up the risk and the benefit. And actually the risks of not coming to see us could be worse than the potential risk of coming into hospital. So it's, it's really important. We need to see you and we want to see you. 
These are really good tips, actually. These All of these are very practical. And I think it's not just about being scared about going to hospital because we've heard that message about, you know, stay at home to help the NHS. And it might just be a reluctance on that level, which is, well, do I really need to give a call? I don't think I need to put anybody in danger. So I think this message, uh, loud and clear, is if there are any issues to get in touch with the hospital and and then they will invite you in, I suppose, in the normal way that they would do in a pregnancy if they think they need to see you. Absolutely. They can even just to give advice over the phone if necessary. Um, I mean, I had a lady ringing the other day and they advised not to go to that moment in time because they had a lady quite sick, which is fair enough. But at least they said, you know, when we phone back, give us the phone back in a couple of hours and we can, you know, rearrange where we see you and things and particularly if women are symptomatic and they have they have symptomatic of coronavirus and then they're particularly worried about being seen because the advice is don't come if you're symptomatic but actually if you do have symptoms and they're getting worse or you have symptoms and the baby's not moving we still need to see you so when you phone in we will make provisions for that you know we have side rooms and different areas we can bring women to so that's all clearly set out in the guidance what to do so no matter what is going on in the pregnancy we do want to we do want to hear from you fantastic thank you so much louise that's incredibly valuable advice for our listeners and for you becca you know as well and so we're we're going to leave it for that thank you louise in the next section of the show we're going to be speaking to st albans doulas julia flynn will be speaking to us about your virtual village and um what how the role of doulas has changed um in the in the light of the coronavirus louise thanks very much for joining us absolute pleasure talk to you soon bye-bye So we're really pleased to welcome our next guest on The Parents Show. Um, We're sticking with the theme of pregnancy in the light of coronavirus and how people are are coping and adapting to this. So Becca, my co-presenter on the show, and myself are really pleased to welcome Julia from Your Virtual Village. And in case you don't know what Your Virtual Village is, it's a St. Albans Facebook page that is there to promote and support local women who are pregnant. But we'll let Julia tell you a little bit more about that. Julia Flynn, you're very welcome on The Parents Show. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much. So tell us about Your Virtual Village. What is it? So we set up the village. So we being St. Albans doulas, who are a collective of four Julie UK doulas, uh, myself, Liz Grover, Joan Mills and Lucy Barnett. We set it up just before we went to our stay at home status, which we're now all in. So sort of mid-March and we set it up really as a support group for local pregnant women and their partners and also postnatal women and their partners to create this village of like-minded people you know, from the concept, it takes a village. You know, you hear about people who they have their babies and they rely on this network of friends and family around them to support them through that, the pregnancy, the birth and the postnatal period. A lot of people rely on their NCT group. And so we wanted to create an environment which was a supportive community somewhere for women to come along and ask any questions about their pregnancy or birth or the postnatal period and to be supported by other um, local people. I mean, obviously, we as doulas are there as well to answer any questions, but it was really in order to create a lovely network of like-minded people in a virtual world that we find ourselves living in at the moment. And what what help and support do you think it 
offering offering the ladies I mean just to say I'm on there and I mean I think it's it's brilliant but what what would you say are the main um main sort of help and support it's offering um to people um in a couple of ways really I mean we've just started these virtual coffee mornings so maybe once a week once every other week we set up a zoom and us four doulas go on there and it's there for people to either listen in if they don't want to show their face or they can show their face and join in and have a cup of coffee with us, cup of coffee, and talk about what's on their mind. I mean, I think the thing is at the moment is there's just so many unknowns, and it's the unknowns that can create worry and anxiety. You know, and everything's changing every day. So the other thing we're trying to do is we keep in, keep in touch with all the local hospitals, and if there's any changes at all, then we're updating in the group. So. You know, some hospitals have had to stop their home birth service. Some hospitals have stopped uh, using the MLU if they just haven't got enough midwives to support the unit. Sorry, the the MLU is the midwife-led unit where low-risk women go. And obviously, this can change literally on a day-to-day basis. So what we're trying to do is make sure that everybody in the group is kept up to date. We've already had a lovely birth story at Lister Hospital where... The midwife-led unit was open and the birth pool was in use as well. So that can give a real boost to the other members, knowing that, you know, things are actually in some way still quite normal. And I think the other thing that a lot of pregnant women are quite anxious about is how much support they're going to be able to receive in birth. You know, we all know that having a trusted partner with you can be such a positive experience on your birth. And the hospitals are doing everything they can to make sure that partners can be with the birthing woman. So I think that's that's something that some women can get quite concerned about. And at the moment, you know, all the local hospitals are definitely still allowing the partner. And also postnatally, you know, usually the midwife comes to visit you, especially day one, day three, day 10, they'll come and visit you. Um, and they'll check on you and the baby. And for a new mum, that's that's really reassuring that they know they're going to get those visits. So it's it's talking to everybody in the group about what's going on in the local area. And then other other mums are coming on and explaining their experiences as well. So it's just really offering that emotional support where we can and also signposting. So a lot of what we do as doulas is to be able to signpost to other areas of expertise. So if they're not getting that face-to-face support you know where else can they go to get some virtual support you know there's still some virtual breastfeeding support out there so the other thing we're doing is signposting um, to where they can get further support as well and and generally offering reassurance Um, and the other thing we plan to do is to bring in other experts we've already done one zoom in fact we've done two zooms with a couple of experts local experts that can come on and talk about so I've had one talking about Pilates, had Lou the midwife on as well. And again, it's just offering that reassurance. We record the Zoom and put it back in the group so that other members can go back and listen to it. That's fantastic. And actually, we've just been speaking to Lou the midwife in, in the earlier part of the show. And she and she's fantastic. I mean, I think, well, obviously, Becca, you're you're expecting and you're 25 weeks pregnant. And I think what Julie has been saying and what we've heard from from Lou the midwife as well is quite reassuring 
Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I found yeah, I found what Lou said really reassuring, and I find um, the conversation in the Your Virtual um, Village group really reassuring as well. You know, from a mixture of sort of expert opinion, but also just what other women are going through and the experiences that, that they've had. And I think actually, it's a time where people can feel quite isolated in it at the moment, and it's not a time as a pregnant woman that you want to be isolated. And I think these sort of virtual groups are so important. And I said before, you know, it's not my first. If it was my first, I think I would find be finding this quite daunting, and I think I would need a group like that even more. But even with it being my fourth, because this is all just so unknown at the moment, I find sort of these groups and, 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 and people like Julia just really helpful and really reassuring. It's amazing to have the resource and on our doorstep. So yeah. you're, you're, it's a virtual village, but we are actually all in the same village. And and St. Albans Doulas has a much longer kind of history in St. Albans. Isn't that right, Julia? Yes. I mean, um, we're all experienced doulas in St Albans and Harpenden and um, Lucy's actually in Berkhamsted. So we cover quite a broad area and we usually travel up to an hour to hospitals. So we'll, we'd go to North London hospitals as well. Obviously, we can't support physically at the moment. So we've also had to turn our business around within about two weeks. I think we've done it. And um, we've now created a full virtual support so we are running all our antenatal sessions on Zoom and we're offering more um, antenatal sessions than we normally would because you know, I think we're all, we're all trying to get used to this kind of virtual way of working. And it, it's so different. You don't have the nuances that you have when you're seeing somebody face to face. I mean, you're probably finding it on the radio as well. It's it's so different virtually that we're, we're going to be offering more now in our virtual sessions. And we've also done some online training on how to support couples during labour virtually. Um, I mean, if you think about how the Samaritans work, they work virtually. You know, they're at the end of the phone and there's still such a valuable support at the end of the phone. So we've created a virtual support package now where we can support couples you know, whether it be on Skype or it might be on the phone or it might be texting. And we're kind of offering that background support, especially to the partner as well. You know, often the woman goes into her zone and she's not going to be wanting to text at that point. But there's lots we can do to support partners so that they can hold the space, so that they encourage their partners, you know, that, that they're saying the right things, they're doing the right things. And there's so many options that can come up during birth. Um, and we can be there to help with that decision making. We could talk through about what was planned in, antenat in their antenatal sessions and do they want to divert from that plan or do they want to stick to the plan? And we can really support with their mindset and their positive thinking and doing everything we can to create this oxytocin environment that's needed in birth. You know, how can we change the environment so that the oxytocin is rich? And it's just all the things that we would do physically before we're now doing virtually. So it's it's new for everybody, but it, it really is possible. And I think that's the other thing that we're trying to explain that, you know, virtual support is still valid. And the virtual support that we're offering in in our Facebook group is still there. You can still have your village. You know, a, a lot of women have grown up with their babies in this WhatsApp world as well, you know, where they're WhatsApping their their friends in the middle of the night mm. see who's breastfeeding and, it, and it's all still there it's still a really good support mechanism I think. I mean do you think after this you know when things return to normal <laughs> who knows when yeah. do you think that 
people have changed it do you think there is going to be sort of more online support or do you think you know now now we've realized how it can be done um or do you think things will just go back to sort of how they were Mm, that's a difficult question I think some couples you know might prefer that way of working I think it's maybe on an individual basis it's a bit a bit like you know you hear of people that are really in this kind of environment where they're staying at home actually their anxiety is really reduced um, because they feel safe at home yeah. And maybe for some couples, it will be the way forward for them. I mean, at the moment, we go and visit the couple for their antenatal session, but maybe some of the sessions could be done virtually, you know, especially now we've created a lovely new program. Yeah. <laughs> it would be lovely to continue with it. So I think it might be on an individual basis. And, you know, we we don't know what the world's going to look like, do no. we, in the next sort of six months, a year. So I think we're all accustomed to it being quite long term. So I think there's going to be a mix going forward, definitely. And I suppose there's one silver lining thinking about how it must be for you, Becca, and for you, Julia, being so directly affected by this. But I mean, the plus is partners are around, whereas I suppose in the back of everybody's head, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, who's going to drive me to the hospital, you know, or who's going to, you know, get this for me. But at least at least the silver lining of this is the person is probably right where you are, you know, because yes. nobody can travel to work. Yes. And and we've had a similar discussion in the group because obviously there's concerns about, especially for you, Becca, where you've got other children. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you're going to go into labour and you want your partner with you. And often it would be, you know, a family member that would come and look after your other children. And I suppose some people were quite concerned about who is that person going to be? Um, who can come and look after my children when we're all supposed to be staying at home? And I think, you know, we have to apply a little bit of common sense. If you've got a family member that's been self-isolating, you know, then it's fine for them to come and look after your children. You know, it's it, it's not getting too wrapped up in um, too many concerns and thinking logically and, and just being careful about worrying too much if that makes sense fantastic okay julia i think we're coming to the end end of uh, our time on the show this evening thank you so much for your valuable advice and support so if parents out there want to find you they go to the facebook page your virtual village or st albans doulas is that right yeah, st albans doulas.com yeah fantastic thank you so much for joining us on the parents show this evening thank you thank you you're very welcome Neves solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves solicitors, your complete legal solution. Hello and welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verilum 92.6 FM. And in this last part of the show this week, we're really pleased to have a local company, Finishing Touch Sports, and we have their director, Charlie Lumsden, joining us to talk about how Finishing Touch Sports have reacted to the whole COVID thing and what steps they've taken. Charlie, thanks for joining us on The Parents Show. No problem. So tell us tell us a little bit about Finishing Touch for those parents who haven't heard of it. Uh, so we're a, a limited sports company. Uh, we provide uh, an array of provisions to the uh, primary sport community, uh, extracurricular clubs, curriculum PE cover, uh, active birthday parties, uh, community sports events and competitions. Um, I actually started the, the company uh, as a part-time business when I was 
sports assistant at Gardenfield School, just as really a source of income for myself and uh, young coaches going through the apprentice scheme at St. Albans City Youth. And then uh, took the job as sports coordinator at Fleetville, uh, which opened a much more full-time development for the business. We created a direct association with uh, St. Albans City Youth uh, through David Ray, the late David Ray, who uh, helped many coaches and, and pushed me to, to push on to this goal. Uh, and now five, six years into being full-time as a limited company, uh, we've gone from hosting sessions for 100, 120 children uh, with full to- uh, just two full-time members of staff to having uh, 10 members of staff uh, working within primary schools in St. Albans, within Hemel Hempstead, uh, working in curriculum PE, extracurricular sport, and now we've got around a thousand children staying active with finishing touch sports. That's brilliant. And I know my son is one of them. He plays football with you uh, at Fleetville and absolutely loves it. He's he's turned into such a football fan on the back of the way finishing touch teaches. You know, it's really fantastic to have indeed. it locally. He's, he's Watford mad. <laughs> indeed and so now this has happened and we've got coronavirus how has finishing touch sports had to adapt yeah you know it it couldn't be more different really We're, we're we're so used to being outside all the time being active and obviously with the restrictions in place that isn't a possibility for most of your day so it's it's adapting to that and try and trying to find how we keep the business out there how we keep it afloat and I mean, the financial uh, differences are obviously huge without the camps that can happen, the clubs that can happen, the parties that we're, we're due to do each weekend. But really, the, the biggest hit for me has been with uh, myself as an employer uh, to staff. Just it, it was really difficult to tell them that, that, that they wouldn't be uh, working and, and not be able to give them really a, a time or date that, that any of us know uh, for when it will come back to normal and when, when we can resume normal service, really. So yeah, yeah, really different and just, just missing being out there. I don't think I have ever craved hearing children shouting around on a on a field so much. That's a, that's a good point. And I'm sure all of those children are really going to be missing what they've been doing with finishing touch and the, the sports. And what you've done, therefore, with finishing touch is really gone a large way to try to plug that gap that they've got right now in missing sport. So can you talk to us about how you've tried to help these children with this wellbeing resource pack that Finishing Touch have put together? Yeah, we thought we'd take a little bit of a different route to uh, a lot of the sports companies that we've seen uh, in and around P uh, P provisions around. Over the past 12, 18 months, the company's really taken a focus on uh, the wellbeing side of things and and, uh, the school games values. And this pack contains... Uh, the active resources related to those school games values. Each resource focuses on a PSHE-related session uh, in understanding each core value and then progresses to an active physical PE-related session uh, that implements and promotes that value. It, it's really, we're, we're, we we all sat down as coaches uh, over a, a Zoom chat and, and tried to get our ideas up there. And we've got an array of staff, really. So, some are, are primary school teachers, uh, some are sports coaches, some are, are high up uh, in, in sports, uh, football academies, cricket academies and so on. And to put our heads together and really think what we thought was important at this time. And we thought it was about about that well-being side, about achieving happiness in what's a really difficult time. Hence why we were able to put that resource booklet further to active ag- academic sessions, uh, such as math, science, English. Uh, we even involved music in there. 
uh, and, and just give a free resource to benefit, promote uh, and sustain kind of positivity and well-being at such a testing time for everyone, really. Yeah, one one thing that I really like is that I often feel that I sometimes get a bit lost at the beginning of something because I don't always understand the definitions of things. And I think this this resource kicks off really well by actually explaining to children in children-friendly terms what well-being means. Yeah, I, I think it's important to, to almost dumb it down, not just for children, but for us as adults, because as you get older, you you get it gets more and more of a, of a context towards what you believe your well-being is and if you actually go through some of these resources and we did it as as a group of staff uh just just to help our social well-being and, and kind of play around with it a little bit over chats with each other and with our partners on on those video calls and we realized how many of those values you just put into to every situation whether you're a child or an adult and and we kind of came up with the fact that resource the resource is there to say like to do it for you because we don't want anyone to put pressure on themselves it's hard enough the pressure that we've got on ourselves at the moment really for all of us to just enjoy being active and, and achieve that well-being through it I, I, I don't really want I wouldn't force or anyone to get up and say oh you you should be doing this you have to do this session that, that we've put up do it in this order etc just do it because you want to do it and because you're you're getting a good feeling from it really that's great. And and actually, so this resource is, it, it kind of talks about particular values that children should think about when uh, it comes to their well-being. And it's, it's written in a very child-friendly manner. So I suppose one nice thing about this is that children could do some of these tasks uh, without adults, with their siblings, because I know some of these tasks are partner tasks. Uh, but certainly if they have access to the, the uh, PDF, and then they can just go through it. So give us some examples, if you could, Charlie, about so these values of teamwork and determination and honesty. Give us some examples of the tasks that might come with some of those. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point that, that they can just go off and be independent with it. I think that's the main thing we wanted. We wanted to, to make the resource open to adapt. We, we didn't want it to be, like we say, do this, do that, do this, do that, which is really difficult, especially when you're at home and you're struggling to make it feel like you're in, a, in an academic situation or in a learning situation. So, yeah, we, we went we went into it with, with obviously, we, we've been, like I just said, for the 12, last 12, 18 months, we've really, really been studying the uh, school games values and we've had the opportunity to go to Hearts PE conferences, half uh, Hearts sports conferences, uh, and, and just learn more about uh, how uh, the Your School Games company push push these ideas and, and open up ideas to us uh, and I'm lucky enough to have more of those opportunities uh, with being a PE teacher in the local area as well so when we were looking at it we went straight straight into making sure it was child friendly I'm, I'm no elite athlete myself I'm <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that and I enjoy sport competitively and socially so we tried to find that balance so we we thought it was important to start it like uh, like you said uh, we gave the understanding of what the words kind of mean in that PSHE sense, but w- we always wanted to start the first activity with teamwork because, in my opinion, per- uh, professionally and personally, to achieve wellness, uh, to ensure well-being, you must be able to understand how to work as a team. It's something that I, that I push in all sessions uh, that we we always should be doing things together. And like you say, if they go want to be independent uh, with their siblings to do that, that's brilliant. And the active task we set in in that values resource for the teamwork is one we use all the time with primary school children, uh, be that in a PE lesson, in, in an extracurricular after school session or at birthday parties. Um, we've even used it with with adults. We've used it um, with primary school staff in CPDs and training days. 
and seeing the same results. And it's it's so simple uh, when you see it. It's literally being a pirate, for, uh, for want of a better phrase, uh, just uh, playing a treasure hunt. We use gym mats when we're in a school situation or hoops, uh, but you can use pillows or cushions to create a pirate ship. Uh, you can create uh, use sheets and duvets for your island and a box of any items as treasure. We, we use different colored tennis balls to earn different points for a competitive sense at times. Or to, uh, so people have to use some problem solving skills. But you you literally from that PSHE, the first part, you, you come in, you create a teamwork poster in the PSHE part, which gives you an understanding of what the value of teamwork is, uh, the value of problem solving and working with others, which as a primary school teacher is is a huge thing that we put uh, we put through because we know at times people struggle to understand other people's points of view. And when you get to that point, then we see those results. Uh, so you've got you've got the situation of getting your ship from one side to the other uh, effectively and, and picking up one piece of treasure at a time. And it's funny actually how how simple the task is, but how you see the progression of, of people, of children or, or even adults when we've worked with them, trying to work out how they best get those items that are their ship from one side to another and, and make sure they complete that the correct way. I think that's great, uh, Charlie. And I think one of the things that I really like about this resource pack is actually these tasks they are simple when you look at them, but the point about them is they wouldn't necessarily occur to us as parents. And you've put them there uh, in a way that we can see how they are related to particular values, how they're related to activity. And I'm also really struck by the ones that are related to the curriculum lessons. So talk us through some of the ones to do with, you know, you've got some maybe to do with maths or English. Um, I thought these were fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, like, like I said, I'm really lucky to have a group of coaches who who have an array of experience within primary schools, uh, whether that's teaching based uh, or uh, support staff, or they or they've worked uh, in clubs, extracurricular clubs at the school. And and really, I, I wouldn't ever want to take all the thanks uh, for for any of this resource because I think it's all of our minds put together. And having that help of the understanding of my active side. And some of the coaches at the side and other sides of our coaches and our staff who, who work uh, in primary schools, some, some are even SLT members and like, and use this as a, as a part time coaching job that, that they enjoy uh, in their sporting life. And we, we, we really just wanted to bring this together to outsource it. We felt that we, we had that in us to, to develop and uh, infuse pupils uh, to aid that teaching staff almost. It's important that, that, that we say, that the tasks are not replacements to what schools have sent out to their classes. We know how hard all the teachers are working right now to deliver a curriculum in a remote manner, which is extremely difficult. Um, and we've created this to support and supplement the great work they're doing. And, and in our opinion, what better way to do that than, than being active during your learning? Simple things such as one of the mass tasks uh, that you see on the resource of just throwing a rolled up sock if you don't even have a ball. Uh, whilst doing your times tables multiples, uh, something as simple as that that just keeps you going, gets you active, gets you outside, and 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 like you said before, allows uh, the children to go off as siblings and and do that even without the help of their parents or in in such a situation. That's I I love that. I bet you're going to say the same thing, Seema. But I I I love the the games that you suggest or the seventy you know the the, the star jumps for the NHS. I mean, the effort and time and marrying this up to the active curriculum and then on top of everything, offering this as a free resource to parents is incredibly 
generous and kind and supportive. And I, and I think parents out there will be so delighted when they get the opportunity to look through at this resource, Charlie. But can you tell us a little bit about the NHS 71 Stars campaign? I love this bit. Yeah, that, that was actually the first part we came up with. And that was before uh, really the lockdown came in place. It was when, as a school, we kind of found out things were changing and things were going to take that effect, well, or, or predict that they were going to take that effect when uh, we saw that sports events were being cancelled, that after-school clubs were being cancelled, uh, and, and it all started to become a reality uh, in this country. We can't really simplify it any more than uh, the whole campaign is obviously based around just a way to show our support for, for the heroes of the nation uh, right now. I, I, I don't think I could think of a word strong enough or show enough gratitude to, to what the NHS staff at this time or any time for that matter are doing and I thought this was a simple and active way that the community could reach out to the people of the NHS and show them our love. Um, I feel really strongly about the campaign. Um, it, it took off uh, quite quickly and we've had, we've had some really uh, really interesting and innovative ideas come through with football teams and taking their time to do it together uh, in community clubs whether it's, they do a skill and then they, they mix the star jumps in and they've, they've been brilliant to see. I really started it because my younger brother's partner is is on the front line at the moment. Uh, she works in uh, an ICU unit herself, and felt it. I've, I've seen her spirit, the, the strength and the, the, the overwhelming compassion and care she shows and performs for the NHS is, is something more than I can ever imagine achieving myself. And and she's, uh, I suppose, I'm seeing in a third person without my brother right now because of because of the social distancing guidelines, which is correct. She's having to return home after these grueling shifts to an empty home. And for my brother, for her, uh, for, for every single member of the NHS who go through the same, if our campaign can show that love and show our support and put a smile on the face of an NHS worker, then, then that's all that really matters to us with the campaign. That's awesome, Charlie. Thank you. So I've got two really important questions. So the first thing is, how can parents access the, the wellbeing pack? And when they have a look through it, and if they do the NHS 71 Stars Camp Challenge, what do you want them to do? Yes, I mean we want we want to obviously get the resource to to you however we can. Um, so we have a downloadable link uh, via our website homepage right at the top of the screen, which is www.finishingtouchsports.com. We understand that some people are unable to download directly, uh, whether it's the file's too big or it doesn't it doesn't work with with their uh, device that they're trying on. So if that happens, contact us via email or uh, at finishingtouchsports at gmail.com or via our contact uh, contact us button on our website. And, and we'll email a copy through, whether that's a PDF, whether that's as a PowerPoint, however it can work as a zip folder. We've, we've tried with some people to make sure that file uh, fits onto their system. Uh, we also sent it through to um, as many St. Albans schools uh, as we, we, we could, uh, as we have a link with, and some further afield, actually, uh, within the county to encourage their teaching staff to share with their classes. Uh, and hopefully uh, some of them, I know, I know three or four schools have already confirmed that they have. And all the all the resource uh, resources we have, the campaigns are available uh, on our Finishing Touch Sports Twitter page, which is uh, at FT Sports Limited, uh, so at FT Sports Ltd, and 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 that's where we, we also want uh, children to share that. We want uh, families to share what they're doing. We we think it's uh, vitally important. What better way to spread the word of being active, inspiring others than than others uh, seeing you, you showing how much fun it is. Uh, we we always all occasions we've always asked people to send in, um, especially at this uh, strange and difficult time. More than ever, if you, you get your photos and videos in, you can share your happiness, create others' happiness, uh, and inspire others towards that positive wellness. 
That's lovely, Charlie. So we will share all them on all the contacts you've mentioned on the Parents Show Facebook page. And just before we let you go, because as it's we never have enough time talking to our guests on the huh. Parents Show. Just have you got any tips, final tips to share with us um, in the light of this very, very strange situation that we're finding ourselves in? Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're all looking for tips, aren't we? I think everyone's in the same situation where you wake up and you're looking for those things. But um, as I said, I, I'm keeping in touch with my staff uh, and creating as many social links with them with the help of my uh, HR manager uh, Matthew, who's been brilliant uh, with the resources he's he's helped with as well. And, and we send through uh, understanding that everyone's coping differently at this time. The 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 right and most up to date links. Uh, and websites of advice for mental health, uh, should anyone need it. We also send out to our staff uh, the government financial help uh, websites, uh, should they require it and help them with that. But we always end, whether it's our Zoom chats, whether it's our emails, or it's uh, our, our groups on our phones through WhatsApp, um, uh, we always end it with a little bit of a quote. And the quote we, we send through to our staff for the, for the last uh, email message we had uh, was one from uh, a book that I've just been reading, which... I'm sure to any any child uh, who I coach will probably have a little giggle at the thought that I was even reading because they don't seem to think I do as a PE teacher and a coach. <laughs> um, but obviously it's a sports book, so I'll get away with it. Um, but it was, it's a quote um, regarding a cricket captain's uh, and talk, talking about the coach that he had. And he said, uh, we need constantly to be reminded of our good qualities in order to get into a frame of mind which is suitable for amending our thoughts. And from that, I said to my staff and, and to my friends and family that I passed it on to that we should just wake up in this uh, COVID-19 lockdown and, and start our day with something you do best, something you do well, and remind yourself of how good you are and, and how you can be your best you for your well-being. Um, that could be making your trademark breakfast dish, uh, showing off your keepy uppy skills in the garden, reading your favourite book, watching your favourite TV series and shouting out all the lines before the character does or your film, uh, just anything that makes you happy at this time, I think is the most important part really and that would be the only tip I have is is find find what makes you happy and 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 make sure you're doing that to start your day in a positive manner that is a great piece of advice charlie and a really nice way to end this 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 whole um bit that we've been talking about is being active and and you know uh thinking about the good qualities that you have so charlie lumsden thank you so much and we will have um those details about finishing sport uh, finishing touch sorry up on our uh page thanks very much so that's it for this evening's show. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Lydia L. Corey. And I'm Seema Barker. It's been a pleasure as always. And um, tune into the show next week on Thursday. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.